Good evening, Chicago. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris, Chicago's very own life coach, right here on WBON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. All right. Well, back in the studio this evening. For those of you, if it's your first time listening, Inspirational Perspective is on your radio with the purpose to help you murder mediocrity and live the best life possible. And so the question I ask every evening that I'm on the air is, are you living the best life possible? Are you living the best life possible? Well, I am excited about tonight's show because tonight I am sharing three pieces of wisdom. And these three pieces of wisdom are pieces of wisdom that I shared at UIC. So a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to speak to the graduating student body of the AAAN at UIC. And of course, you know, in preparing for their convocation and commencement, I had to write a speech. And in writing the speech, I wrote the speech. I delivered the speech at UIC. And one of the promises that I made to you all is that the things that I do off the air, that I will share them on the air. You know, the purpose of being here, I wanted to share elements of the speech that I gave at UIC. And, um, I think the best place to start is, you know, what are these three pieces of wisdom? So I can run you through the three pieces of wisdom, and then we're going to go and we're going to begin to break each of them down into bite-sized pieces. The first piece of wisdom that I provided that graduating student body was the secret to mastering your mind. The secret to mastering your mind. And when you think about this, one of the reasons I made this, the very first thing I wanted to share with them is because education is all about filling the mind with concepts. But one of the things that we're not taught in schools is then once we fill the mind with concepts, how to intentionally take power over our mind, like to really master our minds, master the way we think, master what we think about control our inputs, outputs. So I'll share more about that in a moment. But the first piece was to master your mind. Now, the second part probably is of no shock to any of you. But number two was the importance of knowing your purpose. The importance of knowing your purpose. And you guys, you got to know that if I'm going to talk to anybody, I mean, I spent probably three to four months on the air talking about purpose. And now I'm, I'm teaching purpose in workshops. And from time to time, these shows still go to purpose because you guys know I'm passionate about purpose. So if I'm going to talk to a group of graduates, you know I'm going to drop some knowledge on purpose. And so I'll share even more of that tonight, some of which I don't think you guys have actually heard portions of the perspective that I, I shared with them. So excited to share that. And then the last piece is the power of persistence. The power of persistence. I think we all know that there's a tremendous amount of power to being persistent. And so one of the things that I share with the graduating student body is that, you know, 
Hey, getting your degree is the first step. And then after that, the real fight begins. I can remember uh, one of the speakers there said, if you were rushing towards this, oh, well, because you might have wanted to take your time. Uh, you know, I can remember, you know, the years in college, and they, I mean, it was good times. And so sometimes we want to rush to get to the end. And then when we get to the end, we realize, wow, here's real life. Got to step into real life. And that's what a lot of these graduates are stepping into. So whenever I speak uh, to an audience, one of the things I always want to make sure is I basically say a prayer over the entire audience. And I just kind of say it out loud looking at them. But what I told them is that my prayer was that that evening I could plant an extraordinary seed of faith and intention in each of them. And the reason I use those two words is because I know that one of the things that's had a tremendous impact on me in my life is faith. Like my ability to believe in myself. I told the story today in the workshop, but, you know, what people often think like, well, Anel, you're a talented speaker. You know, you're a talented speaker. I talked to a listener this past Thursday, I believe. And she was telling me like, oh, when I heard you speak, I thought, wow, this young man really knows what he's talking about. And he's such a talented speaker. And what you don't know, a lot of you, and I've shared this on the air before, but, you know, speaking is not a talent for me. It's a strength. It's something I've developed. But when I was younger, I was not what you would call a good speaker. I would stutter. I would stumble over my words. It was hard for me to articulate what was going on in my brain. Even after I became a better speaker, I would have to have notes and index cards and all types of things. So that way, if I got nervous and I lost my place, I would know where to pick up. Often I would get lost in my own dialogue. It took a lot of hard work to be a speaker. So one of the reasons I said I want to plant an extraordinary seed of faith in those students is because it was my faith, my belief in myself, my belief in my ability to really take myself to the next level that helped me. And then along with that, my intention, my intention for doing that. So combining my faith with my intention, and what I mean by intention is being on purpose. You know, I used to practice speaking on purpose. You know, I'll share with you all before, but I used to, you know, look at the news and mimic what the newscasters were saying so I could learn how to articulate my words. Intentional. So faith and intention was the first thing. So I prayed that over them. And here's the other thing. I always take it really serious when I'm speaking to young people because they may never, ever have a chance to hear me speak again. And I always want to make sure that whatever I'm saying has a significant impact on them, that it's something that, a decade or two from now, they'll remember, like I remember the gentleman that spoke at my commencement said to be persistent. And so I should keep going. I shouldn't quit. And so I always want to make sure I leave them. I leave an impact on them for a number of reasons. But the major reason is because they're our future leaders. I mean, today people consider me to be young. You know, I've had callers call in and say, oh, you're young. You've got the world in front of you. And that's today. But a decade or two from now, these graduates who are leaving high school, these graduates that who are leaving college will be our leaders. They'll be the ones who are running for public office. They'll be the ones 
who are parenting children. They'll be the ones who are running for president and being appointed to roles in the Supreme Court and the Secretary of State. And so you never know who you're talking to. And for those of us who have influence, those of us who work with young people, always keep that in mind. You know, be careful of what you tell them they can't do. Be careful of minimizing them because of their age. One of the young people in the workshop today was 19 years old. 19 years old. And I will tell you, in some ways, I felt like he might have been one of the most important people there. Because the impact that this work can have on him can far outweigh the impact that it can have on any of us because of the runway he has in front of him. So, you know, these young people are our future. They're our future leaders. And, you know, what I told them in that room, I thought, hey, you, there could be the future mayor of Chicago, the future president of the United States. And the one thing that separates them from that are the decisions that they make. The decisions. So all of us, when we are, think about if you knew what you knew at the age of 20. Like how you would have changed your decisions. Like the impact, the things you would have done with your life. I imagine you would do some things differently. So one of the things I share with them is that in between where you are right now and the destination of your success lies a series of decisions and choices that you must make. And it is the choices that you make that will navigate you towards what is your destiny. So with that, let me get into the three pieces of wisdom that I share with this graduating student body. And before I get into that, so some of you all know who I am. And you've had the opportunity to, to Google me and check things out for yourself, you know, see who I am. And what I will tell you is that often what you see out there are my wins. You know, what you see are my wins, but what you don't see are my failures. And I'll talk more about that. But I think what's important is, at least for this one here, for number one, mastering the mind. And actually, I'm going to take a call before I go into number one. But for number one, mastering the mind, I've had the opportunity to study human behavior under the tutelage of some very successful master coaches. And what I will tell you is that in the end, what I'm going to share around mastering the mind is really what it takes really what it takes to master your mind. But before I share that, let me go ahead and take this call. I got Ryan from the South Side. How are you? I am great. How are you, sir? I'm well. I'm well. I'm not complaining. I'm kind of like, I guess, saying something that I've noticed for a while. I listen to the station a lot. I'm not really old. I'm kind of up there, I guess. I'm 38. I'm a Generation Xer. And I hear a lot about people, you know, reaching the youth, and because, you know, of the issues that they have and the things that they have, may have missed, uh-huh. you know, the issues that they have. But a lot of the issues that they have, they've copied from Generation Xers. Okay. Now, a lot of the problems that they have, a lot of the things that you see that are negative, like the sagging pants. We did that year, 20 years ago. 
So it's really nothing new. But why is it that I'm only hearing about, you know, reaching the youth? You know, what about reaching the adults? Are we forgetting the adults? Here, I mean, I could use some reaching, and I see a lot of other, you know, people made that could use some reaching. It's like we're forgetting. Yeah. But a lot of issues that the Generation Wires and the Millennials are having are because they copied them from Generation Xers. But I don't, I don't really see too many people talking about us and trying to reach us. Well, you know, I'm right with you, man. I'm 39 years old. So oh, that's great. I, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I'll tell you, you know, when I say, you know, because I'm 39 years old, <laughs> when I say reach the youth, typically I'm looking back, you know, a decade and a half or two decades, right, when I'm talking about youth. But I still consider myself young. And, you know, what I would say is I think you cross a threshold. When we get into our 30s, we cross this threshold where people say, well, you're an adult now. And, you know, on a personal level, I think once you cross the threshold of adulthood, I become responsible for really taking myself to the next level. Let me give you an example of what I mean. I can recall being in corporate America being a leader in corporate America, and thinking to myself that, hey, you know what? They're not investing in me the way I would like for them to invest in me. You know, if I'm a leader for this company, they should invest in me. And for a while, I was completely a victim of what I thought they weren't doing for me. Until I realized, like, wait a second. If they won't invest in me, then I need to step up to the plate as an adult and invest in myself the way I feel I need to be invested in to basically take on the change and the shift that I need to take on changing. One of the reasons I got into life coaching is because I realized that there was an opportunity for me before I coached anybody to really learn how to change behaviors and help myself in a way that I didn't know how. And so the best advice I can give you, brother, is – If there's something you feel like you need, then go get it and go get it with a tenacity and a fervor that nobody else can really give you. Like you have to be like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being where I am and I need some help. And so go out and cry help. You know, and I think this phone call is a great start, man. It's a great start. Yeah. And not just for you, but anybody else out there that's listening. That's like, wait a second. Well, I need some help. I'm not a youth, but I need some help. I would love to get some support. Then one of the things we got to do is first ask for it, but then invest in it. And what I find is often we're not really truly willing to invest in ourselves. Like if the help that you need costs X amount of dollars, are you willing to put those dollars on the line to get the help? Right. You know, that's the question I I would ask. That's great. And I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for getting, man, but, you know, that's pretty much how how I've approached it. And I spend a lot of money, man, on self-development because, like like you said, we need help. Excuse me, I wasn't expecting a a full answer from you, but I guess it's more of a a bigger issue. It's like it can't just be issues and and helping just the youth. Everybody got to help everybody. That's how I feel. I completely agree. And... On the other side, what I do believe is, as adults, we have to be responsible for going and getting what we need. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man, thanks for the phone call. Thank you. All right.
Okay. That's a good call. Good question. And, you know, I'm with them. I mean, we all can use help. I can use some more help. I would love to have a great mentor, you know, that sees what I'm up to and, and can reach down and say, hey, man, here's some more that, you know, I can help you with. I'm with them. But I tell you this, if nobody reaches down, I'm going to keep scraping the climb up and I'll keep putting my money where my mouth is, like I told you guys, and investing in my learning, investing in taking myself to the next level. And as I do that, I'll do my best to bring you you all with me. So one of the things I share with you guys is that, you know, so I've had the opportunity to study human behavior under master coaches. I have my own certification as a coach. And this is what I'll share with you guys, that in the end, all of the methodologies of life coaching come down to one truth. And this truth is that you create your world. You create your world. We are responsible for the worlds that we create. Now, a lot of people, I've said this before on the show, and people like call in and say, no, nah, man, you know, my circumstance, my situation. But at the end of the day, our thoughts about that circumstance, our attitude about that, our perceptions about that have a lot to do with the world we live in. Because our world is created by our attitudes. And our world is created by our perceptions And most importantly, our world is created by our thoughts. And you can find all types of books on this. I mean, James Allen wrote the book, As a Man Thinketh. If you haven't read that, you want to check it out. It's a pretty quick read. Earl Nightingale called it The Strangest Secret. And basically, if you read The Strangest Secret or listen to any of the audio, all he's saying is, as a man thinketh. Same thing James Allen was saying. And one of my favorite quotes by Henry Ford is a quote where he says, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And remember, key word, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So it's all about what you think. You are what you think about. So you might say, okay, Linnell, you're telling me I am what I think about, but what's the secret to mastering my mind? And the secret to mastering your mind is your ability to control your inputs. Your ability to control your inputs. Your inputs influence your thinking. So, let me give you an example. If you input sad music, you think sad thoughts. Okay? If I start playing some sad lullabies, on the radio, some of you all will go back to sad moments where you heard that song before. You know, that's what sad music does. It's an input. And so your ability to control your inputs is your ability to master your mind. If you put something inspirational in your mind, you think inspirational thoughts. That's one of the reasons you guys tune in every Saturday, right? Because you know if you come here, you get inspired, you think inspirational thoughts. Hey, and it works the same way for everything. If you input pictures of food, you will think hungry thoughts. You could have just eaten. You could have a full stomach and then see something on television that looks appetizing. You go, man, I could have some of that. Why? Because it's an input. All of a sudden, it hits your brain, and you think, I want some of that. It's the inputs. And what I share with the students is that the mind is one of the most amazing computers known to man. And because of this, 
There's a war going on for your mind. And if you don't believe me, watch this. And I've done this on the show before, and I did this at the speech. But when I say just do it, just do it, what does that mean? It's a slogan. And right away you think a brand. Right away you think a brand. Well, if I say what's in your wallet, what's in your wallet, especially if I say it like that, right away you think another brand. Or if I say melts in your mouth, not in your hand. These are all slogans that because we watch them over and over again on television, if I say them right away, it brings the brand to mind. Why? Because they've learned how to put inputs into your brain to control what you think. Because they know how powerful the mind can be. And they don't want you to think for yourself. These are exact words I told them. They don't want you creating tremendous possibility for your community. And what they would want is for you to graduate, for them to graduate, and go get a decent job. You might say, well, Anil, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is you can go get a decent job and then spend the rest of your life being entertained. You know, basically go to work, come home, watch TV, go to work, come home, watch TV, go to work, come home, watch TV. You're not making a difference. You're not living on purpose. You're not living a fulfilled life. Because a job doesn't make you feel fulfilled. If it did, then we have a lot less depressed people walking around. And here's the thing about entertainment. Entertainment is being developed and provided by the boatload. And the reason it's being provided like this is because they're looking to distract you. One of the things that we talked about in the workshop is our distractions. I call them weeds. You know, the weeds in our garden. What are your distractions? We made a full list of all the distractions. And one of the number one things that popped up was television. Television popped up. And a lot of other things popped up. But entertainment, the top two were entertainment and television. Because the people in that workshop knew that if they were going to go reach their possibility, that one of the things that would distract them was entertainment and television. Someone on Periscope just said Facebook. Those are all distractions. And one of the things I shared is, did you all know that more data was produced in the last two years than in all time? More data, more stuff to look at, more information was produced in the last two years than in all time. And there's enough data to keep your powerful mind distracted for the rest of your life. I mean, think about it. You know, we already talked about Facebook, but you got Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Vine, Worldstar, HipHop.com. And the point I was making is that as a graduating student body, they couldn't see it all. You can't see it all. And a mind that is constantly entertained becomes a lazy and passive mind. So if you control your mind, you can control your world. And if you can control your media... The inputs, again, the inputs, you can control your mind. You can master your mind. The great people we all admire and know, all the great people we know, they know this. And one of the questions I asked them was this. How much time do you think Oprah Winfrey spends listening to Beyonce? Like how much time? Now, I know Beyonce's in concert, and it's okay to go see her in concert. That's fine. I was just using this as an example. How much time do you think that 
Oprah Winfrey spends listening to Beyonce. And what I said is she might check out a song or two, but you could be for sure she's not drinking Beyonce's lemonade all day. So if you control your media, you can control your mind. And if you control your mind, you can control your world. Your inputs become your outputs. What you put in has to come out, okay? I mean, what makes you think it's different? If I put it in my mouth, it's got to come out somewhere. And so if it goes in my eyes and my ears, it's got to come out. But for some reason, we think, well, you know, I can watch this. It's going to be okay. No, the secret to mastering your mind is controlling your inputs. That's number one. Now, number two, the importance of knowing your purpose. Now, one of the things I share with them is that it was not only an honor and privilege to be there, but what I know is that it's part of my purpose. And, you know, people think sometimes they know you based on what they hear about you or maybe, you know, what they've heard on the radio. But what I told them is that if you Google me, you'll see page after page of my achievements and what I've done right. But what you won't see are my mistakes. You won't see my mistakes. What you won't see are my failures. And what wasn't included in my bio, like if you go online, you see my bio. What's not included in my bio is that it took me six years to graduate college with an associate's degree. And that during that time, I was completely lost. And that I had no idea what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. So when I stood before them that night as their speaker, I told them that I'm humbled. And I was humbled because I live both the good and the bad. I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to be confused. I know what it's like to not really know what you're going to do next. And the reason I stood before them that evening was because after making some major mistakes in my life, I took the time to find my purpose on the planet. And upon taking the time to find my purpose on the planet, I use my purpose to navigate my life. I use it as my life's compass and North Star. And what I know is that we've all been put on God's green earth for a reason. So my question to them that night and my question to you tonight is, do you know why you are here? Do you know why you're here? And if you don't know, your number one job is to find out what your purpose is. There is nothing more important than knowing what your purpose is because your purpose provides direction. And then I share with them some research. Dr. Salman of the Max Planck Institute for Biological Cybernetics conducted some research. And what he wanted to know is what happens to us when we have no map no compass, and no way of determining landmarks. And we have to find our way out. And what he studied was what happens to people who are lost in a forest or a barren desert with no stars or no setting sun to guide them. And this is what he found out. That regardless of how hard we try to walk in a straight line, to get out of the woods or the hot desert sun, 
we always end up right back where we started. We literally walk in circles, walk in circles. So what I share with the students that night and what I'm sharing with you tonight is don't walk in circles in your life. We've come too far. I mean, many of us are adults, and for the young people out there, don't make the mistakes we made of walking in circles in your 20s and your 30s. Your purpose is your north star. What I told him is, you know, you'll turn your tassels and know that every step that you take after that commencement, that if you're walking in your purpose, you will live a fulfilled life. And so take time to find your purpose. I mean, that's why I've been doing these workshops. I've been doing the workshops because I know how purpose has helped me in my life, and I want to give that gift to others. Somebody asked me, Linnell, why you charge? I said, I charge because if you give something away from free, people don't value it. They don't show up. You got to charge. And plus, I'm an entrepreneur. I got to take care of my family. That's why I charge. But what I can tell you is this. If you talk to anybody that's been there, they will tell you that by far it's one of the best investments they've ever made. Why? Because I take it seriously. Four and a half hours of deep training on purpose, power, and possibility. And everybody that walked out today walked out knowing their purpose, walked out very clear on their power, and with a possibility that blew them away. So don't limit your life and live someone else's dreams for you. Don't do it. Live only within the confines of your divine purpose, because there is nothing more important than knowing your purpose. That was number two, knowing your purpose, the importance of knowing your purpose. So number three is the power of persistence. Now I get worked up when I talk about the power of persistence because in my life, if I hadn't been persistent, there's a lot of things that I've accomplished I wouldn't have accomplished. In some ways, my stubborn resolve is the reason why I, I am where I am. Because I said, or I, I was like, this is going to happen for me, and I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I mean, and just going and going and going and going and getting knocked down and getting back up and getting knocked down and getting back up. And this is what I told the students. There will come a day when your back is against the wall. There will come a day when the deck seems stacked against you. And for those of us who've been around a while, you know what I'm talking about, right? And I told them there will come a day because some of them haven't necessarily hit resistance the way some of us have hit resistance. But there will come a day When you want to drop your head and you want to walk away. And what I told them is in that moment, in that moment, when you want to drop your head in that moment, when you want to walk away, remember that you are the master of your fate and you are the captain of your soul. You own your motivation. You own your inspiration. And one of the things I told the young man early on the call, like we own our development. Like you cannot let what people aren't doing for you stop what you want to do. You own it. 
You own your motivation. You own your inspiration because you own your life. And if you want to put it off on somebody else, then you're, you're just making yourself a victim. And if you're a victim, then that's what you will always be. At some point, we have to step up and say, I am going to lead myself. I am going to lead my life. So what does that look like? Whatever you do, don't give up. Don't give up. Because tonight, I'm here to tell you, because I know from experience that along your journey, you will come across locked doors. I mean, some of us have come across those doors. You know, you will bump your head on glass ceilings. I've bumped my head on glass ceilings. And you will run into brick walls. But no matter what obstacle you face, if it's blocking you from living your dream, then it's your job to push past it. It's your job to fight through it. It's your job to do whatever it takes and not to give up and dare to be great. And when you run into that wall, because you will, I'm telling you tonight to climb over it. And if you can't climb, then dig underneath it. And if you can't dig, then walk around it. And if you can't walk, then take a hammer and hit it. And you hit that wall and you don't stop. You hit that wall every hour. You hit that wall every day. You hit that wall every month. You hit that wall every year until that wall crumbles and breaks. Because it's our job to be persistent. Break down your walls tonight, Chicago. Break down your walls wherever you are. Don't give up. Dare to be great. And most of all, stay inspired. Because I know that it's a lifestyle choice. Chicago, it's been wonderful. And I will talk to you again next week. God bless you.